Como están, bitches? We're back, and before we start this podcast, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors. Check out Chocaloha. Head over to chocaloha.com, use the promo code Jujitsu Radio, and get 20% off your entire order at chocaloha.com. Sean, do you like Chocaloha? Uh, if memory serves me correctly, I'm the one that discovered Chocaloha. Actually, you are incorrect. I found it first. You just purchased Bullshit. it. Bullshit. I will go back and show you. That's Bullshit. all right. Bullshit. Anyway, before Grandpa here forgets other stuff, let's keep it going. Check out Chocaloha. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Get 20% off. Also, check out Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Go to jujitsusoapco.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio. Get 10% off your order. Pick up some sexy, delicious soap bars. I actually just picked up some more patches as well. He's got a couple of awesome deals right now. I get a, I think it was like two bars for six ninety nine. They last pretty long time too, and they're good. They're not like, uh, you know, those like super soapy bars where you're like it takes a little bit longer to rinse this one off. Super soapy soap super, bars. Super soapy soap bars. That sounds like, like a new product. I don't like it when they're super soapy. Super soapy. Um, yeah, use the promo code JJ Radio. Get ten percent off. Pick up actually some of the solve. To help you heal up from those uh, bumps and bruises and scratches when you're rolling. Salve. Salve. How do you say that if you have a lisp? Salve. Salve. Also, shout out to Giraffe Choke. Go check out giraffechoke.com. Pick up some dope shirts. They have that the heel hook shirt I was wearing the other day. And I got a couple of dope hats. A Superman punch hat. They're actually really cool. I really like their designs. Uh, owned by a good friend of mine. Go support them. I don't have a promo code for you, but they are worth the money. Uh, you can definitely check out a lot of the pro fighters that uh, they wear their gear. They're pretty dope. Um, there was somebody else that we needed to shout out to. Who do we need to shout out to? I feel bad. I want to give a shout out to this Red Bull right here. I mean, there's a few people we could always give oh, shout Oh, actually, outs. you know what? I do want to give a, a shout out to uh, to Fia's Fresh Meals here in, uh, in Delray Beach. I got hooked up with a couple of their meals. They're freaking amazing. They're not paying me. I'm just trying to score some free meals. I mean, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. All right, that's it. Let's get this party started. Sean, you got anything else to say? Nope. Okay. You going to tell me what you think? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think. You can't Neva? <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Keep stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine, right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! All right, we're back, and let me go ahead and crack this baby open. I like your your technique of flicking the can first. Well, you know what that's for, right? To, well, I've, I've, I've heard to knock the top to get the bubbles down, but flicking the sides, it seems like a like a technique a woman of the night would use when she's giving a uh, all right. little rub and tug. A professional is a professional. It doesn't matter what your career is. No, it's just to knock the bubbles up. I prefer doing it on the side because it vibrates better. <laughs> oh, hey, a professional is professional. I respect you. Don't knock the hustle. Make sure my phone's down. Um, before we get started, I forgot to say, make sure you follow Sean at uh, Gorilla Boy BJJ all over the place. Grinder, Instagram, 
all over, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm big on grinder. <laughs> I'm huge. Like, literally big. Um, oh, I want to give a big shout-out also to everybody that, uh, that's been purchasing some of my artwork. I, I don't know if I showed you. I got a couple of photos in. Uh, someone purchased one of my wave photos, like the, and they, they sent me a photo of the, the wave on the wall, the actual piece of artwork on the wall overlooking the ocean it's super dope so it's it's pretty cool to see that uh, and uh i got some more stuff coming i got a couple more photos i plan on putting up on the store so check it out um i think last time we kind of screwed up and we kind of got out of hand got a little political i got a little out of hand and i didn't get to tell you guys the story uh, so before we get things going let's get into a different political story i got a political funny story for you guys so let me get another swig of this before I get this party started. Red Bull. Sponsorship. Just throwing it out there. Um, okay. We got, we got like 40 listeners, I'm telling you. That's all right. One of those 40 could be working for Red Bull. Or they could well, just I'm just, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, this is my pitch to Red Bull. We got 40 listeners out there. 40 solid. You, you, you want to put your money where it's worth something? It's right here at Jiu-Jitsu Radio. I was going to say put it in me, but that was going to sound totally wrong. So, all right. So, remember, I was working with um, the Mr. Olympia 212 Flex Lewis for about a year, year and a half. And when I was fortunate enough to work with him, uh, I got to travel a lot. What's his name? His first name? Flex Lewis. No, just his first name. Flex. Time to have sex. No. No? No. Okay. You gotta like you have to do it like right if you're gonna do it. You have to have the right accent. Sex. Time to have sex. There you go. So, yeah, we traveled a lot. Um, he did a lot of um, what's it called like uh, shows. Shows like well expos too. Like he'd go do like a lot of meet and greets all over the world. So I'd have to go and film them, take photos and stuff like that. It was a blast. Like it was just craziness one after the other. So one of the shows that we did was at an expo called FIBO. Now, if you've never heard of FIBO, FIBO is probably the largest fitness expo in the world. They do it in Germany, I think, or I think it kind of switches around, but like this this time was in Germany. But let's let's talk about how you got to Germany. Like, if I remember correctly, wasn't this the one that was like he told you like two days before the no, flight? No, that was South Korea. South Korea. Yeah, that was that one was even crazier. But this one was weird just because it was. First of all, I fucked up on the flight. I remember this. I, like, the flight was almost empty. There were seats everywhere. Like, so I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go take that first row. Because I only had, like, two little, like, spots. So I was like, fuck it. I'll go to that front row in the middle section and sprawl out. So the flight takes off. Finally, take your seatbelt off. I went up to the front. I sit down and I go to lay down. And for some reason, they had one seat where the armrest was just cemented in place. So I, like, double screwed myself. On this like eight hour flight. So like I would have been better off just sitting in my should have went back. No, somebody had already taken it by then. Because like the only people that were really on the flight were like bodybuilders. And like they're massive. So I was like, okay, well, fuck it. But anyway, um, so whatever. Get to Germany. And this FIBO show is massive. When I tell you massive, think of an expo center probably the size of like Miami Dolphin Stadium two, three stories, depending on what part you're in, filled front to back with people. And I'm not talking about like, oh, there's a lot of people. I'm like shoulder to shoulder with people. 
the whole way through. People from all over the world. People are coming from Australia, from back, obviously from the And people United can States. see footage of this. And yeah, and it's all up online. It's all up online. Just go to any bodybuilder that was there. You could see videos of this. I mean, all you have to do is look up FIBO. This was 2017, 2016? 2017. This was 2017. Um, anyway, so we're over there, and this was when he was with uh, the company BSN. So BSN has this huge booth. It's a whole big show. It's all craziness, whatever. So we're doing the show like two or three days, nonstop. Um, I give you a side story later on about how everybody ended up shitting their pants except me because I ate bugs and they ate now, let me, kangaroo meat. Since this is jujitsu radio, let me ask: Was there a jujitsu tournament or anything at FIBO? No, that does happen at the Arnold Classic right, and I right. think at the Olympia now. They do have jujitsu tournaments, but this is just. Um, it's like any other expo. The first bodybuilders day, and fitness. It's bodybuilders and fitness, like supplement companies, clothing, everything, anything and everything. Like the first day is just for for buyers, and then they open it up to the public. That's when it becomes a shit show. So whatever, we're there like nonstop. I mean, we're like powering through everything like nonstop days. So the last day, we're just finally like relaxing. The show is done, and this was in Cologne, Germany, and. Cologne is, uh, is famous for this cathedral that they have. It's this massive fucking cathedral. And I have photos up online if you guys want to go check it out. So I had already gone to it the day before by myself just to take a walk around, yeah, get some photos. But then the following day, Flex is like, oh, let's go for a walk, man. Let's just go check stuff out. So to get from where we were at the hotel to the cathedral was like a two-mile walk. But you were walking over like this cobblestone no like a bridge it's like a half a mile long bridge it was like this massive fucking bridge so you cross this bridge and then you go down the stairs and there's a uh, a tunnel so once we start walking down the stairs we see a helicopter I'm like what the fuck is going on there's like a helicopter just hovering there and i'm just thinking oh there's probably like a car accident or something it's like because it turns into like it's an old school european city so everything is tight there's not a, like a lot of room for cars and he's like, I don't know, man. I think there's something going on. It's like, oh, fuck it. Let's just find out. We'll go in there. So we walk into the tunnel. And as we come out, there's SWAT team everywhere. The helicopter is hovering over this massive crowd of people that were protesting. What were they protesting? So I can't remember the exact name. But basically, at, I don't know if it's still going on. But at this point in time, uh, Turkish people were protesting or counter-protesting this other group, this political group. I guess it was trying to take over like the, the politics in Turkey. So the main first group was... You know what they say. They don't stand for jive in Turkey. Yeah. But I'm um, We're starting with the dad jokes early. So the first group is standing there. And I mean, we're, we're talking about like 1,000, 2,000 people in this tiny little courtyard, right? SWAT team is just standing there. And I'm... I've been in these kind of situations, so I know like how out of hand it can get, but we're playing it cool. We're just hanging out there. And mind you, everybody's here for FIBO, so they're going to see Flex. They're going to say, oh, who's this giant fucking muscly guy? Oh, it's Flex. So him and I were just standing there, and these two guys come up and start talking to us. They're asking Flex questions, and after about like 10 or 15 minutes, it was just getting like really like sketchy. Like You could feel the vibe was just getting kind of like antsy. 
So I'm like, Flex, let's just go to the other side of the cathedral because I knew there was a bigger courtyard that was wide open space and there was nothing going on there. There's no cars there. So I was like, all right, let's go. So we walked to the other side and it's empty. There's nothing there. There's like a normal group of people walking around and we're hanging out for a couple of minutes and all of a sudden the helicopter shifts and it starts moving over to that side. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And as soon as I say that, a whole other group, a SWAT team, starts running, like running towards us, like next to us. And as soon as I see the SWAT team, I look and around the corner, like there had to be at least like 5,000 people coming through a street, waving like Turkish flags, like protesting, like obviously counter protesting and stuff. I'm like, oh fuck. We just got ourselves stuck between two like rival factions like protesting like this is not a good fucking place to be So you see I have photos and stuff like sitting there like I snagged as many as I could Before I really is like I'm getting a little too close for this So finally we're like all right fuck this let's go someplace else So we went in front of the cathedral to eat Evidently this became such a normal thing there that people are like, ah, it's whatever. They're going to come here. They come here every weekend and they just protest. I'm like, yeah. it still feels kind of sketchy to me. So we're hanging out. We eat real quick. We go to leave and they're still protesting. They're still kind of split up between the left and the right side of the cathedral. So Flex and I are standing at the edge, just kind of looking over like one of the, the factions, seeing what's going on. And I turn around. Mind you, I'm holding my camera this whole time. I turn around and I see a group of about five or six SWAT team members heading straight towards us. Like, not like they were gonna pass us, like no, they were looking at us, walking straight towards us. And this is like the time where like my butthole just gets cold. I'm like, oh shit. It's cold or gets tight? Both. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking done. Cause I'm holding this camera, which can easily look like something else to anybody. And for all they know, like they're just gonna sit there and bust my balls. I'm like, oh, I'm so fucked, I'm so fucked. So I'm watching them as they're walking towards us. I'm like, flex, flex, flex. He turns around and like, as soon as he turns around, they're about like three or four feet away from us. And I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And one of the guys comes up and like, excuse me, can we have a picture with flex? I'm like, motherfucker. Ah, oh, dude. Like, you know when like your heart's just like pounding and all of a sudden like you realize nothing's wrong and you're just like, ah, you just kind of like, that adrenaline just kind of melts you down. That's what I felt like. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. These fucking guys were just like in the middle of this fucking protest, SWAT team's going and they want a photo with fucking Flex. Well, they don't want a photo with a random Turkish guy. Well, they don't want a photo with me, that's for sure. So whatever, man, it was funny as shit. We get a photo and these guys were super cool. Hung out with us for a couple of minutes and then we just took off and we went out to dinner. It's funny is, is seeing Flex in pictures, because I, I know nothing of the bodybuilding world anymore. When I was a kid, I was totally into the bodybuilding world. Yeah. But um, I don't know anything about it anymore. But seeing Flex, he, he kind of like, when he's got clothes on, you really can't tell he's a big dude. Oh, no, you can't tell. Most people, the craziest thing was, I think he was used to it, obviously, or he might not have seen it. But I would constantly catch people trying to snag photos with their phone of his calves or his forearms. Like, they would sneak out under a table to try and zoom in and get photos of his calves. Like, you can't tell, and he's always wearing baggy clothing. And if you notice, a lot of bodybuilders do. 
Unless you're talking about like the the Spice Boys that wear the super tight tight stuff, like trying to show off. What but are like, Spice Boys? Those are the guys that they're they're call they call them the Spice Boys, but those are the guys that wear the the super tight like pants and uh, or they'll wear those. You ever see those sweatpants that are like tight from the ankles all the way up to the quads, but then they have like a pooch like on the inseam. Like MC MC yeah, Hammer. Yeah, like MC Hammer pants, but just instead of being super baggy they're tight like they wear like the really like just like you're trying too hard to show off kind of clothes uh, everybody's nice though i mean i only met like one or two guys that were douchebags but if you notice the guys that are the big competitors they always wear super baggy clothing they one they don't want people to see what they're working on they, right they don't want to see what they're working on and they're always like i mean it's more comfortable for them anyway because they have a tough time finding clothes that fits them so i would assume that a bodybuilder meeting would sound a lot like the meeting with, with the fat guys on uh, Family Guy. Do you remember that episode where they were all uh, making noise, like the sound only, of rappers? Only, yeah, no, that's they're, only... They're all out of breath. <sighs> no. You know what's funny is a lot of them, like, I think the whole time that I was hanging out with Flex, maybe like only one or two people would try and engage in some kind of... Only the fans get into like, oh, well, what do you do for this? What kind of exercise do you for that? But you should, that's when you tell them it doesn't matter what you do, you'll never look like this. No, man. Like you know what? Like, bro, Flex would stand for hours, and he answered every single last person's questions. And you, you if no, you, I'm talking, not talking him. I'm talking you. Oh, for me, no. How <laughs> you should have said, well, that's a that question should not matter to you because you'll never look like Flex no matter how hard you work. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, so, like he is a genetic freak for 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 sure. But I mean, I've seen from being around him, I would see people that I'd meet like maybe at the beginning of the year and then towards the end of the year would run into him again. And all of a sudden I'm like, bro, you're a completely different person. Um, I forget the guy's name. I want to say it's uh, Ryan. Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? I feel bad now. He, like, the first time I met him, he was a British dude. He came here Probably to still the is a British dude. Oh, he is. <laughs> no, but he came into the gym at the beginning of the year, and, um, what? Nothing. Oh, he's, uh, looking off to the space. No, like, he came in at the beginning of the year, and he was in good shape. And then I saw him again, probably, like, literally, like, a year later or eight months later. Completely different. Ended up winning, like all the contests, like the Arnold and stuff like that. It's like jacked, jacked. I mean, he completely morphed his body, and all through like hard work and stuff, man. It's pretty crazy. Well, no, a bodybuilder can do that. I'm talking the normal the regular Joe, the regular Joe that comes up and talks the the fan. Yeah, I'm not talking the guy that's like that is a bodybuilder. I'm talking about the guy. There's you. I guarantee you, he gets more regular Joe questions than bodybuilders coming up and asking them no questions. no not true man uh, when you're at that level everybody wants to know well no obviously but i'm talking here's the thing is is we've talked about how jujitsu is a small segment of the population yeah bodybuilders are another small segment no. of the population no see you think that and it blew my mind when i discovered bodybuilding is fucking massive bodybuilding is bigger than, I'm sure it's bigger than jujitsu. It's bigger than boxing. You think it's bigger than I, boxing? I, Sean, I, I, it's not on TV. No, Sean, listen to me. There was, there would be people. There's people that you would look at like, there's no fucking way in hell this person follows bodybuilding. 
you would be fucking amazed the people that follow. There's like 80-year-olds that would come up and they knew everything about flex. They knew everything. Like they've been following bodybuilding for years. It's one of those things that it blew my fucking mind when I got into it. I was fortunate enough that literally I went from knowing nothing about the sport to being side by side with literally the number one in the sport. Like it would it would be the equivalent of like you you maybe started playing guitar and next thing you know you're hanging out with fucking you know Axl Rose or, or Slash on a on a regular basis. Like you're following them around. That's literally the equivalent. Of it. It, it blew my mind the shit that I learned and I'm so grateful for it because I like I made tons of friends. I got to travel the world. But dude, trust me when I tell you, bodybuilding is bigger than boxing. I will argue that, but I don't won't say I like because I don't I know. I don't have I don't have stats or anything like that. No, but I can I can sit there and just tell you if you had, let's say, Manny Pacquiao, show up for an expo like a fitness expo, to go and take autographs, and you had Flex Lewis on the booth next to him to sign autographs. I guarantee you, I will put my money on. Well, it. that's a fitness expo, but no. if you do it at, say, a instead of a fitness expo, if you did it at a at the UFC like International Fight Week, I guarantee you, Manny would. Outdraw I guarantee flights. you wouldn't. I guarantee you wouldn't. I would put all my money on it. All right, let's make that happen. Everybody listening out there, if you know Flex and you know Manny Pacquiao, let's make it. Let's make this contest I, 100%, real. Hundred percent. I would like. I would put my money on, on Flex having a bigger line than Manny, without a doubt. Without a doubt in my mind. I've seen it. I've seen it in person. It blows but my you, mind. But in his world. That's the thing. You've seen him in his no, world. Even, even then. Even even in, in like the fight world and stuff. Like it's it's one of those things that... Yeah, like, but the fight world, like UFC stuff, those expos are just as much fitness expos as they are anything like International Fight Week. All where, that where is... Where would is, you... What expo would you think that you could put No, you'd in? have to create an expo. There, It would have to be like if a... If you put... If you did it like in the middle of Times Square... And you set up a booth, Manny Pacquiao and Flex Lewis. I guarantee you, more people are going to be there for Flex Lewis. Hands down. I don't know. I guarantee you, hands down. What about Manny? What about um, Floyd Mayweather or Flex? Um, I would probably because this is let's go. I would Mar- probably I would think that the crowd that would come to see Floyd. Is different than Flex, but I would still say that Flex gets a bigger crowd. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm telling you, I'm, it's just show up, go to one of those fitness expos, go to the Olympia, and see the line that this guy makes. It, it's fucking in, insane. But all right, that's my my fucking story. Let's get into this fucking going. Um, uh, this past weekend, my homie Gilbert Burns competed at Polaris Seven. Shout out to Polaris because they actually uh, they aired the video that I filmed with uh, Gilbert. They uh, hit me up and asked me to, to do a little video for them. So the video that you see with Gilbert at uh, Wagner Roach's gym, that's my video. Uh, just a humble brag. But he won. Did you watch the match? I saw the finish. The slam? The slam. Yeah. I mean, I saw the highlights on yeah. Instagram. Um, Damn, this chair's creaky. I saw the highlights on Instagram, and I saw that it was pretty back and forth up until that, up until that uh, that slam happened. Yeah, no, it was it was 
definitely a tough And it wasn't match. a mean slam. It's not like Gilbert... He didn't do it on purpose. Right. It's not like he dumped the guy on his shoulder to break his shoulder. It was just the way that the that the takedown happened, the way where he was and... and um, you know the body positioning and everything. It wasn't. It wasn't a malicious takedown. It was just what it was. Yeah, I think. I think it was. He wanted to do the slam, but he wasn't planning on having him land on, on that, his sh- on his shoulder. He was gonna land on his side no matter what. That's that's how that takedown is. Anyway. And it looked like the guy kind of posted. I think he he thought that. I think Gregor Gracie probably wanted to roll, but he started the transition to roll early, like midair, kind of thing where you know you mistimed it. Right, right. It ended up slamming on there. I, I mean, there's two minutes left. I honestly think, let's say he made the slam, but it didn't hurt him. I think toward by the end it would have been Gilbert's match anyway. Um, but it was a good match, and actually Gilbert fights again this weekend. Actually, the whole Burns clan competes this weekend at fight, fight to win, win. Uh, or is it Chicago I think it is no, is it Chicago or is it at, at, I thought it was somewhere in New York the New York area uh, somewhere Tri- up north, Tri-City. northeast yeah somewhere in the northeast so good luck to Bruna Gilbert and Herbert shout out to them um, that's the, awesome what when you think family? about it the whole family is going to be fighting on the same card the same card yeah Husband, wife, and brother. Can't think of another time where something like that happens, especially in jiu-jitsu. Even with, like, a Gracie match. You haven't seen that many Gracies on one card. Yeah, well, yeah. Unless they're... It's a Gracie event. Even then. When's the last time you've seen them, like, headline a one card altogether? I don't know. Yeah. I thought, was there more than one Gracie on some of, uh... What was Halleck Gracie? Metamorris? No. No? It was just Halleck. And that was it. That's a shame because that had a lot of potential. It did, but there was... That's all. That's all money mismanagement and lies. And, I mean, I have some insider info on, like, how they operated some of the stuff. Um, the thing that... The greatest thing that came out of that was AJ Agazarm hijacking Metamorris's... Oh, uh, Instagram. Instagram and oh. not giving him the password back, changing the password. Holy cow, was that funny? That was like so it was fucking th- genius on his part, and it was it was a super large snafu on whoever was handling their social media. Well, you look. You're not. Here's the thing. You you have to know people aren't happy. Yeah. No, of course they knew. You have to know people aren't happy. Yeah. And if they're not happy, you do not give them control. Of your fucking marketing. Of your marketing. Yeah. Though, here's the thing. Let's 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 be real. That probably got them more views. Oh hell yeah! Because that that is actual. The fact that he he did it got more headlines. But you know what? I think it brought more attention to the fact that they were screwing people over because a lot of people were getting screwed over from day one from Metamorris, but it wasn't getting the attention it was supposed to get. You know what? Look, here's the thing. Bottom line is this. There's not going to be a lot of money in grappling. Remember, we're a small segment of the population. See, like, that's the thing. I, yeah, now, I, you don't make promises. Yeah. Like, like, I come, I, get from the, it, like I come from the professional wrestling world. Yeah. I've wrestled on plenty of shows where the guy goes, look, here's what I can pay you. If we have a good house, I can pay you more. So. But you came into it with 
that already in mind. And you probably had already learned that you get your money up front. Yeah. Like you learn that. You don't get that in fighting. Nobody gets their money up front in fighting. You get it at the end. And then you end up having to fight with like, bro, this is not how much you told me you were going to make me. Oh, well, you know, we had a smaller gate than we thought we were going to get and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, you get it. With, with pro wrestling, I would get a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, my minimum is, say, 75 for right. a match. If it's... 75 bucks? 75 bucks. That's my bare minimum. 75 bucks for... For 10 minutes of work? For 10 minutes of work, but months of training? No. No. You don't train. After after you learn how to wrestle, you don't train. You just... You don't practice. You don't do anything. You just show up and you wrestle. You just show up and you wrestle. Man. Fuck, I'll make 75 bucks for 10 minutes of work. And then, but... You, it, th- it's called being a hooker. But if you... If they, if they say, look... But you say, look, I'll take 75, but if there's, you know, 500 people... I want 150, right? You know, or whatever. That's and and you get that money, no matter what. You get your guarantee, yeah. and then that's why back in the old days, wrestlers used to sit at the curtain and count the people. Yeah, they used to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get your money. You got to get your money. So, um, I could see something like that. You know, maybe maybe he went about it making too many promises, too many big promises. He was getting bankrolled by somebody and you know well i know he was getting bankrolled and i think that i know that they had a, a couple of investors and stuff like that but he was he was spending more than what was coming in because he wanted to have a show and at the end but of the you day, have you to in the beginning you have to i mean that's with any business any yes. business you're gonna you're but going to sp- you still could have made like a big show and not have burned your cash the way that he did there was a there was a lot of like burning of money for sure, there was a lot of burning of money. And then instead of every chance that he had the opportunity to pay people or make it up to them, he fucked them over more. So, like, that's where it just got super out of hand. And I'm guessing AJ was probably like, oh, it's cool, man. Don't worry. I'll totally help you sell it. And then it's like, let me just go ahead and get that uh, that Instagram. I'll do an Instagram takeover. Like, gotcha, bitch. And then yeah. it went off. Gotcha, which I, bitch. Which I would have done, too. But um, that, but again, but see, that's why EBI is doing awesome. Polaris is doing awesome. They don't. The fight to wins it. do awesome. Fight to wins are great. The fight to wins are great, and it's only like a handful of people that are putting them together. But it's a big investment, and they're traveling across the country. Now they're smart enough to know that, like, oh, let's get locals fighting local like pro well not all locals some like you'll get like guys like gilbert like oh let's get like a couple of pros to come in too because then it becomes a show it's that super right fight, right you know um and that's the smart way to do it instead of getting you know 10 big names and then you got to pay them like 10 grand each you know if you got to pay them five to show five to win and then you got to pay for their flight and their hotel now you're in what 14 grand per person all right multiply that times how many people would be on a card 20 that's a lot of fucking money yeah no I, it and is that's a, not including renting out the venue the insurance for the venue and the, the, event, the lighting the lights, setup the, the stage, stage the paying the refs like paying all the volunteers and all this other no, stuff. No, it's, it's expensive. It's a lot of money and that's why it's like, no different than running a wrestling show and I know how much yeah. like my buddy Joe runs 
runs uh, Pro Wrestling Fusion. Yeah. Or, sorry, that was his old company. Nice. Uh, uh, Pacific Coast Wrestling, PCW Ultra, oh. out in California. Yeah. And um, they're the first year or two. Oh, you're fucking they in weren't, the hole. They were not making money. Yeah, you're going home. But now they're 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 drawing and they're making money on everything. Yeah. Everything, which is awesome. And 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 but the thing is is they don't overspend. They don't they don't bring in these big names that they don't need. In yeah. wrestling in wrestling you bring in the big name to bring in people. Yeah. But if you don't promote if you don't promote the show correctly. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if you have Hulk Hogan at your venue. If nobody you just knows... just wasted all your money on fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah, if yeah. nobody knows and he's, he's there. he's not going to give a shit. He's like, I'm showing up. I'm for, showing up. Yeah. Give me my 20 grand or yeah. whatever. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, I I have my experience in, in putting on concerts, like, around the world. Like, people don't get it. I would rather bring down the lights and glamour of a, of a performance and let the show speak for itself and spend that extra cash on the promotion and the marketing. And then you build that name in that city and then the surrounding cities. And now, when you come back the next time, it's like, you don't have to try and, and market to the same people again. Now you get to the new people. Yeah. So now your show went from 50 to 100, 100 to 250, 250 to 800 people. You know, you build my, it up. But when people I first, don't get that. When I first got into the marketing business, yeah. The, my mentor told me, he's like, look, if you have 500 bucks left in your account and it's going to cost you 400 bucks to keep the lights on, or you can do a marketing package for four, 499 bucks, you take that marketing package because that's going to bring you in more yeah. money. You always, you always spend on the marketing. You don't spend on the, on the product. Yeah. So what you, what you can see now that... Metamorphosis went from that stage, from the big venues to the stage, to inside a school somewhere with chairs around the, yeah. the mat. Well, I mean, you know, the other mistake that he made is like, oh, let's have big production videos and do this and that and the other. It's like, man, you don't need all that. Like, yeah, it looked awesome. It looked awesome. It looked great. Did nothing for you. But if you. you don't do it, if you don't send those out before the show, yeah. what good are they? Look at the setup. How is the setup any different than what they do for Fight to Win? It was the same, same setup. setup. The only difference was the mat was dope. The mat was cool. They had the way they made it look almost like fucking blood sport, you know? But it was stupid. It was a dumb setup. Like, you can't have someone who's had several failed businesses handle all that and then continue to handle that if you keep say, making the same mistake. If he would have made the same mistake twice, like he did, then someone needs to say, hey, bud, you got to fucking take a step back. We're going to let somebody else, like, you can be the, the face. Ship. Yeah. Be the face. Look, I get it. But you're not a decision guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other cool thing on uh, Polaris was Nikki Ryan defeating Phil Harris in mm. minutes. It was like two minutes, three minutes? Yeah. I, I hear, here's where I'm torn on that. Why? Number one, I'm all for these young guys, these young lions coming into jiu-jitsu and just kicking ass. Right. That's what I'm for. What I'm against is knowing that there's a 17-year-old out there you that can beat me up. Well, he, I'm a black belt. I'm a 275 or 270 to 75 pound black belt. Or just 300. Just say 300. I'm oh, not 300. But I'm a big dude. I'm a strong dude. And I know that this 17-year-old kid could probably tap me out at will. That's part of it. But, he, I mean, he's dedicating his life early. He dropped out of school. 
But there's levels. People don't. For, people forget there are levels to this shit, and that's the bottom line. Look, don't get me wrong. If you put him up against like Leandro Lowe, he's not gonna win, but he's gonna get there pretty soon. You know what's gonna be a good match is if you put him up against like Mikey, because at one point he's gonna have to go up against Mikey. Well, there's way different weight classes. Ah, uh, that kid's it's seventeen year old. He's gonna move up. How no, no, Mikey's light, Mikey weighs less than him. No. Yeah. When he cuts? No, when Mike, Mikey competes at a lower weight than Nicky Ryan. How much is Nicky Ryan weighing? 135? No. I think he's like 155. I can check. Yeah, let, check. Let, let me check, check the computer. Beep, boop, beep. Um, but yeah, shout out to Nicky Ryan, man. That, kid, that kid's going to be a fucking monster. He already is. But uh, but that was a crazy match. And the bad part is, is that if you look at the the, the pre-show, like trailers and stuff, Phil Harris looked like he knew he was going to lose. Like the way that he was talking didn't sound like it was someone that's like, oh, well, I'm going to just beat this kid. He's like, oh, no, it's going to be a pretty fast match. Uh, no matter which way it goes, like for sure it's going to be quick. So it sounded like he already knew he was going to lose, so... I guess it's well. Uh, I, well, you know what it is. It says Nikki Ryan. I just came across this because I, I remember this story. Nikki Ryan wants a Zhao Miao match. Yeah. Um, and then he he's supposed to didn't he fight Geo or he's gonna fight Geo? Not Geo. Um, yeah, Geo. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Marcelo Garcia. Kim. Yeah. Um, Guys, we're not the most well-versed on names. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about all that. Anyway, congrats to Nikki Ryan. Kid's going to be a beast. The other cool thing that's coming up that I found out today, or the other day, is Vitor Shaolin is going to compete against uh, Daisuke Sugi at the Abu Dhabi Tokyo Tour uh, next week, I think. Next week or in two weeks. Um, Vitor is a monster, man. That's going to be a good match. He's a super nice guy. He actually gave one of his uh, his students a black belt the other day. He posted a video. So congratulations to his student. Vitor is one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Great jiu-jitsu coach from the little bit that I got to hang out with him. Intense dude. Intense dude when he, like, flips the switch, man. It's pretty crazy to see. Like, I watched him go from neighbor next door super nice martial arts coach to like what the hell's going on let's do this like instantly instantly and like you could literally see like the persona change like oh shit this is this is the Vitor Shaolin of you know 1995 let's like bust some heads kind of thing it was it was really cool to see but it's it's like you said there's levels to it and the intensity switch I think there's there's not that many people that have that. And here's the thing is I'm I'm a pretty good competitor. Yeah. I very rarely lose in jujitsu matches. Like yeah. in, in competition. Um I don't have to tap into that intensity to compete. To me just the enjoyment of competing is yeah. enough to to get me going. But again, I'm going up against guys that are in their forties. Yeah. That, but you're also you you never really compete against five, six, seven people. It's usually like two. At the maybe. Worlds, I did. 
three people. There was no, there was fourteen. There was fourteen in my really? in my in my. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, I didn't compete against fourteen, but there yeah. was fourteen people in my class. But you also, it's again, it's a different group of people. You're not competing against guys that are trying to make their rounds. Yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to become the best in the world at jujitsu. Yeah, see, these people are these these are people who fighting is their life. I'm like the Kenny Powers of jujitsu. Yeah, right. (laughs) Not trying to be the best at exercising. So, well, shout out to Vitor Shaolin. Good luck to him. Uh, I hope Professor uh, has a good match and comes home with the win. Let's let's circle back around to Nicky Ryan and but his coach. Oh, Donaher. Donaher. Donaher is releasing or is about to release? Uh, well, he just, a, little, a couple of months ago, or maybe a month ago. He was filming. No, no, a month ago he, he released the leg lock, or a month, month and a half. Yeah, the system. The, the leg lock system. And um, me and the guys that I train with, we call ourselves Satan's Reapers. Um, we, uh, we talked about splitting the cost, because it's a $200 DVD. Yeah. And well worth the cost. I can get it for you. Well, I don't. I, I, free ninety nine. No, I I prefer paying for that because I want to support my guys in jujitsu. Yeah, he deserves that money. Yeah, he deserves that money. He came up with that, and now uh, I don't know if it's re- about to be released or he just released his back attack series. Yes, um, that that he had to re-record both because the the audio was 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 see, suspect. See, that's and that's what irks me on this stuff. But total, but it's good total now. sidetrack is that's what I fucking hate is people go to all these other guys to like film these videos and they fuck it up. It's people that sell them like, oh yeah, we'll film your video, blah blah blah, and then they they show up with all these lights and stuff and they fuck up something as simple as the audio and they don't know the angles, they don't know what they're doing, and fucking professors and awesome guys like that get fucked over because some douchebag sold them. Yeah, I can I can film this for you no problem. Meanwhile, they probably never even fucking train. Thing is, is I bet you Donaher's Danaher's uh, video is both those sets of videos are gonna sell. He's gonna be stacking cash. I guarantee you, he's gonna be stacking cash because. But you gotta remember, who's only, hotter right now than than his guys? I mean, no one. But you, you gotta remember that it costs. It costs money to make those DVDs. Not much. As, he probably he probably. Have you seen it. the DVD? It's one angle. And no, but and a small print. And a We're small, talking about printing. We're talking well, about printing, yeah. and then the well, cases. Well, you know what? I I was in that world with wrestling. It's like yeah, it's like at the most three bucks. See, a it DVD. Would be, it would be smarter to just do a digital download, and then just do it for like ten bucks. And, yeah, and why do that when you can get two hundred bucks? And maybe get a digital download. Uh, well, I don't know how if you many get both. DVDs. Is it? I don't know. It's got to be like four or five DVDs. Three to four, maybe. Yeah. And it's like, I know with packaging. But it makes sense because you know what? It would be probably the same amount that it would cost to do a seminar with him. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, it's to me, something like that is worth it. As a coach and a practitioner of jujitsu, anything that I can learn... I'm going to. I'm, I, it's, it's important. Don't get it twisted, though. He's not going to be showing you all the stuff that he shows the guys. I don't know. He's. Everyone says he shows pretty much everything. Mm, I don't know about that. I'm not. I'm not going to say one way or the other. But but he's kind of. From what I hear, he's pretty open with his techniques. He wants to give the gift of jujitsu. I could be wrong, but I know. I know. 
not all the guys are. That yeah. like I know I remember that incident with uh, Gordon Ryan a couple uh, probably about eight or nine months ago, where he was doing a seminar and he and he stopped the seminar because oh, the, the guy was filming. The yeah. guy was filming, and he yeah, asked that was a like, douchebag like gym owner. Yeah, but we you know. I get like look I get it you're a high level competitor you can't afford that you can't that. afford to have your secrets out on the internet well I don't even think it's the secrets it's the fact that it's like he makes money off of these seminars for you to film it then people are like oh I don't need to go to the seminar just go look at the video and it was a douchebag move by that by that gym owner I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on seminars oh uh, no I'm I completely stopped doing them well yeah that's it that's what it is is like my whole thing with like with seminars is the stuff you learn. Very rarely do you, do you retain anything that you've learned, unless you write it down and then record even, it yourself. Even so, even so, yeah, man, it's, it's, you it's, have to drill it. You have to drill it, but and uh, you can only drill honest. so much in a two-hour time frame. Yeah, but let's be honest. A lot of these people that go and teach seminars don't show you their legit stuff. They don't show you their legit techniques and what they do to practice. They'll show you that cool one, that cool fancy one where it's like, oh, that looks awesome, yeah, it'll do it. Maybe they'll show something that's kind of effective, but they'll never ever show you, this is the move that led me up to this to win Worlds or to win Pan Ams or something like that. They're never gonna do that. They're never gonna sit there and do that. I would totally do that. Yeah, I mean, I would too. I like, would totally do that. Yeah, because I have an idea. Like, like, um, I might start, uh, or I might do a seminar. I was I was asked to do a seminar in, in South Carolina um, for uh, Steve's uh, Steve Weasel's, uh, like uh, the school he trains at up there. Yeah. Well, he didn't. I wasn't asked. He was like, "We we'll, we need to get you to do a seminar up there." Just just yeah. less on my skill than on my. Uh, philosophy on jujitsu. Yeah, like if I did a seminar on jujitsu, they'll get something out of it. It may not be magical yeah. jujitsu that that will help you beat the world, but it'll give you a different perspective on yeah. jujitsu and how you sh- can look at jujitsu. Like I have a way that I would yeah. I would form my. It'd be good for you to do like a, a big boys jujitsu seminars. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would probably. Uh, want to get a, a better idea of how to really use their their body. Yeah. Well, it's, and, I, that size to, to. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard because we don't have guys to train against. Yeah. Very rarely do you have more than one or two big guys at a school. Yeah. Now think about it. You were one of the bigger guys when we trained. Yeah. So like you were one of my bigger training partners, and yeah. I still dwarfed you by like 100 pounds. 100 pounds. So, and even now, you got me beat by like seventy pounds. So it's and the the fucked up part is my eighty ninety percent was like your forty. Yeah. So it was good for me and like okay for you, but it was it's still it's difficult and even for me at my size. I mean I'm two fifteen and six foot four. So a lot of people don't want to roll with me because they automatically think oh you're just gonna like muscle like no. I'm going to be probably one of the more gentle ones to roll with you because I need as many bodies as I can get. And that's that was that was what that's one of the biggest compliments I get is on my technic my techni- technicality. Definitely not your English. Yeah. It's because <laughs> I've but I've brought that that's something that I was able to bring over from the yeah. professional wrestling world. 
where I learned in professional wrestling, I learned how to take care of my training partner or my yeah the, my work partner. Well, that's so, what's it called for you guys? Like you gotta not the sell, but like that you don't like go too hard or whatever. It's called working. Yeah. Can you work? Yeah. If you and don't what, know how to work, if you don't know how to work, you, you can't get your ass beat. Yeah. But so I was able to, to not use like I can roll and not use my weight yeah. on you. I can roll and be gentle and be able to move around you because of pro wrestling. I don't think I would have that ability if, if, I, didn't. if I didn't. Yeah. Pro wrestling kind of helped me become a good training partner for jiu-jitsu because I know how to move for my partner. Yeah. Um, what I would teach in a seminar isn't has nothing to do with magical jiu-jitsu. I would teach simple... Um, a simple transition, but I would build it. We would build it together as as a seminar. Yeah. We wouldn't, you know, it would be a simple transition that you would use in a live role. Starting with a pass. Yeah. Or starting with a takedown. You know what I'm saying? And we would go from there. We would drill each part of the takedown. Now, why would we go into this next position? You know, and, yeah. and talk about that. Yeah, that's the the one thing like that I've always kind of been bugged about in training is that people don't discuss the mechanics of a position. It's this is what you do, like this is what you need to do. So a lot of the times people aren't taught about this is how you start pushing the weight. This is why you do it because it's going to cause this reaction or that reaction or this and that and the other. A lot of people don't teach that. I think that's a, a big issue for for people at the very beginning. That's why I like stuff like Donahue's system because when you hear him, even when he did the, the Rogan podcast, when you hear him talk about stuff, he explains the reason why. And then the reason why leads into the mechanics of the move. Yeah. And the mechanics automatically just feed it into the flow of the position. And you understand it. Now you don't you don't get those stupid questions like, oh, yeah, well, what if so someone does that? Like, no, you don't get that. It's like, oh, I understand it. Yeah. And then it automatically flows into the technique and your body. I think people perceive that and soak that in faster than if you say, this is the motion, drill it. Yeah. And I, not to say, look, I know I'm nowhere near on Donahue's level. No, none of us are. As, a, as, a, as an instructor. Yeah. I'm not talking jujitsu wise. I'm just talking as an instructor. Well, he can't even roll anymore. But what I'm saying, what I do believe is that him and I, I am of the same vein, where I don't just tell you to do something to do something. Yeah. When we, when we, when I talk to my students about what they're doing next, I give them the reason why. Well, why don't we do yeah. this? Why, why am I going to do this as opposed to this? Yeah. So I try to give them the best explanation. Because if here's the thing, if you know the whys, then you won't question. The You're not gonna get the dick response. Like, oh yeah, well, you know, you, right. what if you do this, or what if I could defend it doing this? But if you're questioning, that means you're 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 not buying into the system. Well, it's not even the system that I, I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is if you're questioning something, that means you don't know. It. If you don't know it, you can't use it. And if you can't use it, if, if you can't use it with um, some some uh, like uh, you can't you got to you got to be able to go into it fast. If you can't if you can't well, be you can't think about it. You have to you just can't do be it. you can't yeah. think about it. It's got to be natural, and then you have to do it with confidence. Yeah. If you can't do it with confidence or with speed, 
then you're not going to get it. By then the you're time, not going to get By it. the time you think about it, it's already too late. But if you can, if you can eliminate a lot of the whys, it goes a long way. Yeah, it'll into, speed up the it learning It speeds process. up the process. Yeah. And it'll speed up their jujitsu. And, and now they're not thinking of, well, what if I do this? They're thinking of, okay, this is what's next because I already know if I do this, I go wrong. If I do this, I go wrong. But if I do this, now I can hold my position. Right. And yeah. that's what I – I emphasize control more than anything. Yeah, no. I, and look. that, I think, is a problem. People forget that's what jujitsu is. Yeah. It's not submissions. It's not pretty techniques. It is physical manipulation for the express purpose of controlling another human. So if I can control you from this position to the next position to the next position, the submission will show up. And that's why we yeah. talk about position for, before submission. But if you don't have control, yeah. the position doesn't matter. Yeah. It's being confident in every motion that you do. Because having, having that control is a big thing. Well, I think we'll all have to chip in and, and buy that DVD. So I'll go check it out. Yeah, we 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 were talking about all, all of us chipping in and buying it, and then like it's okay. So we just keep it at my house for a week. And it'd be, it could be like our bike. We just keep it at your house. What bike? My bike, punk. Um, oh, yeah, mama gave me cool that thing. chain. This uh, this weekend, uh, this Saturday is actually a pretty um, momentous occasion. Um, Pahumpa who is the head jiu-jitsu coach at American Top Team and actually pretty much a legend in the sport of jiu-jitsu and MMA, uh, is doing his... An original uh, Carlson Gracie. Yeah, he is legit as legit can be. Um, He is having his retirement fight uh, in Palm Beach. I forget the name of the the fight organization, but he's going to do his last... We should do better research. No, I just haven't talked to him that much. No, no, I know. What I'm saying is, is we should know these things if we're going to talk about them. We got so much like empty. We really don't care about them. No, that's not true. (laughs) No, no. What I'm saying is, not that we don't care about the event. We don't care about the details. We're neither of us are really detailed guys. We're just talking. We're just talking about jujitsu. We're like we're We're, just two fucking bears inside of a fucking picnic basket. I'm just a blunt object of information. Pulling shit out. I don't refine. Um, but he's got his last MMA fight uh, this Saturday. He actually asked me to come and photograph it um, just for for records and stuff like that, which is, as a fight fan uh, and a jiu-jitsu fan, I, it's kind of humbling for someone of his stature, uh, stature and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, credentials? Status. Status to, to sit there and ask me for that. So I'm... I'm truthfully humbled by it, so and I'm actually kind of excited to to be there for it, because um, it's one of those things. It's like being there for, you know, like Mike Tyson's last fight, or being there for, you know, Hicks and Gracie's last match, kind of thing. It's one of those. It's for me as a fan, you know. That's that's how I see I'm, it. It's no disrespect to Bahupa. That, that see, that's the thing. I think that wasn't me disrespecting no, Bahupa. It's just I think. If you learn more about like Pahompa's like past in jujitsu, I think you'd understand it more. I think you have to really see it like I, and this is what I tell a lot of people is you have to do the research of who's around you, because a lot of these kids come into even like a grown men and women come into these classes thinking, oh, this is just a jujitsu coach, this is just a, 
uh, a kickboxing coach, like you don't understand who this person is because you're not in it. If you walk into Excel Jiu-Jitsu, you have George Santiago is teaching you. S- nice guy, super intelligent guy, very mellow, one of the nicest people that you sit there and talk to, but then you don't realize this guy was a bad motherfucker. This, you're talking about a Sengoku champion. You're talking about a guy who sat there and fucked people up in the UFC. He was like, he's literally has, I want to say the number two most uh, memorable match or, or most historic match in MMA history, according to uh, Fighters Only magazine. I yeah, mean, which one was it? The, uh, uh, the Japanese guy, I forget the guy's name. The second fight that he did with him. Um, you can actually listen to the podcast I did with him and he talks about it. But, I mean, you don't, you don't get that. Like, you go learn at, at American Top Team, all you see is the, you come in and you see the belts on the left-hand side right next to the door. And then you see a couple of the pros on there. You'll see, you know, um, Junior Dos Santos, Joanna Janjacek. You'll even see Jazari, but you don't see the guys that are coaching, you don't understand who's going on, like what's really, really going on in there and the credentials of the people in there. Even if you go over to, to Hard Knocks, you have Henry Hoof and Mario Sperry. You might know the names, but you don't know the credentials of the people behind them. And that's one of those things that people truthfully have to do the real research behind it. Even like Vitor, Shaolin. When I went up to New York, you know, I think a lot of the guys, even the training there, they like, oh, they know that he did stuff, but I don't think they really understand the, the kind of work that right. they did. Well, or if and, you go to and, Hobson's in, in Tampa, the guy that came in to challenge people, oh, I can beat up anybody, and he got worked by Hobson. The guy was like bigger than you. Yeah, I saw, I saw, everybody's seen that video. And Hobson is probably, what, half your size? Yeah, at least. And he just ran over this dude and made him look like a, the clown that he is. I know that that video is still around somewhere. I got to find it. I got to post it. It's, it's out on everywhere. Like, yeah. All you got to do is, is, is go to YouTube and search Hobson Mora uh, Challenge. Uh, yeah. I, I just watched it a couple weeks ago to show somebody. Yeah. Because I wanted them to see that size... A jiu-jitsu potential. Size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. When all if things are equal, skill yeah. trumps everything. Uh, what time is it? Oh, man, it's almost 9 o'clock. I'm sure we'll wrap up soon. Um, so you finally watched Solo? Sal Solo. Hold on. I got to talk about this real quick because I showed you the other day one of the greatest movies of all time. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. And you have never seen Black Dynamite. No. You have never seen one of the greatest martial arts not only, of all time. Not only had I never seen it, I had never heard of it up until you said something to me. Really? You never even heard of it? Never heard of it. Man, that movie is so good. That I, was, I was so pleasantly surprised by what I watched Yeah, that I will definitely watch it when I get the chance. But, um, yeah, it's just never popped up on my radar. And I think he is probably one of the most underrated actors of all time. Well, it's because he's done so many straight-to-video movies. Yeah, but he's done so many blockbuster movies, too. In the beginning, he did a few. He did Spawn. Can you name anything other than... He did Tyson... 
He did Tyson, and he did a good job in Tyson. Right. He did, obviously, like, Black Dynamite. He did, um, I'll tell you, I'll, let me pull it up right now. But he hasn't done anything He big. did. He did, uh, what is it, Bones or something like that, that movie with Kimbo? Again, straight to video. No. Yes. I don't, was it? Yeah, that one was straight to video. You know what, though? I think he kind of got screwed over. I think he should have been the guy that played Luke Cage in the Netflix uh, series. I don't know. The guy they got is pretty freaking Oh, he's good. awesome. I, I'm not trying to to uh, undermine him by any means, but I feel that definitely should have been a, a Michael J. White. Oh, he was movie. in Batman. Um, he was in Batman as the, uh, the gangster. The gangster. Which, by the way, that movie is 10 years old now. I was just reading an article That's today. That's crazy. How nuts is that? Holy cow. Looking at his filmography, guess what his film debut was? What? You'll never friggin' guess. What? The Toxic Avenger Part 2. Okay, so he did Blood and Bone. That was a good movie. Yeah, but again... Never straight... Back Down, that was that was okay. Movie. Well, he did Universal Soldier, but he, was, he wasn't a star on it. Spawn was the biggest thing he did. What else? I got here... Uh, he was in Kill Bill Volume 2, but his scene got deleted. The Dark Knight. He was in Spawn 2, 1998. What else? What else we got going on here? Yeah, exactly. Straight to video. And look, I love the dude. And I've seen, and he's a legit martial artist. No, he's as legit as you He's can get. a legit martial artist. That's what I remember we were having that conversation the other day. There's not too many true martial artists that are movie stars, like that are actual movie stars. Yeah, we're getting like MMA fighters being in movies and stuff, but not a true, true martial artist. Right. Not like back in the day, like Chuck Norris that was doing the movie, or yeah, Bruce Lee, or even, I mean. I don't want to say John Claude Van Damme. He was a true martial artist. Uh, I don't know if I really consider him a true martial artist. I don't know. I, I would almost put him like this much over uh, Steven Seagal. Like I think him and Steven Seagal were like the the fakers that made it. In their in their respective art, they were good. Yeah, but Steven Seagal is a bullshit artist, so yeah, no, he he's was good. good. He he no, he was legit in Aikido. Aikido? Yeah, the but bullshit de- art. But it depends on how legit you believe Aikido is. When he competed in Aikido, he was he won a lot of shit, but it was under the rules so, of Aikido. Yeah, it's like okay, so you were the best bullshitter out of all the bullshit. Yeah, I don't. I I won't say that Aikido is a bullshit martial art. I will. I'll say it for you. No, I won't because I've seen it work. If used correctly, but it can't be the locks and a, stuff used correctly the, but so against is, people that don't. Not know only what the, the fuck locks, doing. but the throws. The thing about aikido is using the other person, using angles, yeah. and the well, other aikido person is supposed to be. I mean, let's be honest. Aikido is supposed to be a samurai art for samurais when they lost their sword. It was supposed to be able to use their momentum, like when they're getting attacked and they don't have their sword, so they're using their attacker's momentum against them. Yes. yes. 100%. And I've seen it work as a takedown art, but it cannot work by itself. 
No, you can't. You ha- you have to again. I think it's one of those things that if you are defending yourself against someone who has no fucking clue what they're doing, yes, it will work. And yes, some of the wrist locks do work. In and I I would say in theory, but in practicality, yes, they work. But they're not gonna actually be practical. Because, like, there's certain ones where it's like, oh, yeah, you're wrist-locking someone. Like, you realize they have another hand. Well, what are the two martial arts that people say have the most credibility? That have the most credibility? Boxing and Muay Thai. I mean, overall. I don't mean... I'm talking street fight level. Boxing and wrestling. And wrestling. See, I've... Everybody I talk to when I when I say when I talk about jujitsu, the one thing that they always bring up, for some reason, mm. is they always say, "Well, I've done Krav Maga." That's such bullshit. <laughs> such. Here's it, my here's my thing. I don't know much about Krav Maga. I've never taken one lesson in Krav Maga. It's so I can't say I know the theory that it's it's more of a realistic it's supposed to be a realistic like street scenarios it's from my recollection it is a martial arts created by the israeli like military where you're supposed to defend yourself and finish your attacks or basically kill the person as quickly as possible as efficiently as possible while like being aware of your surroundings so when, let's say, someone's coming at you with a knife, you can't come in and box or do this, that, and the other. And I give them credit for that because, like, yeah, it's, you're going to get stabbed a billion times. Anytime you see that with Krav Maga, it's, that's, it's true. Uh, I don't think, however, that it's... I, I don't think you're ever going to take a gun away from somebody. No. Actually, you know what's funny is this morning I saw a video of these guys. They had a, a paintball handgun, and they had, like, gear on and stuff like that where they did the whole practice disarming while actually getting shot at so obviously like you'd be standing there like you're going to disarm me i have my gun like literally pointed at your forehead let's see who's faster and it's at best 50 50 but the guy with the handgun obviously got the benefit of the doubt here's the thing if i'm holding a gun i'm holding it tight enough if i'm holding a gun on you i'm holding it tight enough Mm -hmm. that anytime as soon as i see your hands move it's pulling the trigger. It's pulling the trigger. Yeah, but you got to remember, a handgun is the trigger is a hairline from you holding it down and half cocking it, like half pressing, and actually pulling the trigger is a very, very thin line. Yeah. And you have to be super, super, um, like, you have to have a lot, a lot, a lot of fucking practice to be able to feel that that little twitch and then you also have to take into consideration your heart rate the stressors and everything else so to have that kind of fine tuning on just your fingertip is not going to happen if you're going to hold up a gun towards somebody it's not going to be like oh a close execution style you're going to be four or five feet away that's it that's the only way that you're going to sit there and do it because right. then you do give the other person like a, a chance but even if they are right right next to you and they're close enough that they can do those Krav Maga moves, which we've all seen on the yeah. internet, the smack and grab or whatever. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's a dangerous thing 
but to if you're teach at that people. point, if you're at that point, it's kind of do or die anyway. No, but here's the thing. It's still a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to teach somebody that they could take a gun away from somebody. Now, here's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because I've never practiced it. I've yeah. never been the one holding the gun yeah. and somebody tried to take the gun away from me. You know, I've never I've never gone through that drill or anything. Yeah. But I know I've fired a gun before and I know that if you're going to come if you're if I see your just slightest hand moves coming from you, yeah. You you can't move faster. You can't move your arms eight inches right. faster than I can move my finger four millimeters. Now, if you go back, you know who Dan Insanto is? Yeah, the 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 Jeet Kune Do he under like, Bruce Lee. Yeah, he was like a, a one of the main students under Bruce Lee. Now, he was brought in a long time ago to work with like L.A. police and stuff like that to show them like the dangers of defending yourself against like a knife attacker and there's there's scenarios where you see him like all right i have a knife somewhere on me like i'm gonna attack you at a random time you have to try and grab your gun and point it at me and fire in time to defend yourself and i forget what the distance is i think the like once you're within 10 feet unless you're one of those like western like fast shooters the guy with the knife still has you beat Within 10 feet. Because within 10 feet, I can grab my knife, stab you like 10 times. By the time you got your gun up, I'm already too close into your to your range for it to be effective against me. Right. So it's – there's practicalities and stuff like that. That's what you see like dummies. You ever see the video of the guy that like thought he was being cool? He's got the target an inch from his face and he wants to fast drive. Oh, yeah, and he shot himself in the, shot in the leg. Himself, like fucking idiot. Of course it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, you're not going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. And if you're going to be put in execution style, then I think at the end of the day, you're going to have well, to Well, you, you go for it. You go if, for if, it. If, you're for in, it. if it's execution style, you go for it. But... If and, you're 5, 10 feet away, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's a... Uh, I don't think you're ever going to take a gun away from somebody. I just don't see it happening. Well, you know what they're teaching everybody now, right? Who, like, Krav Maga? No, no, no. What they're... Uh, there's these companies and like other doofuses that go around teaching like corporate companies and stuff how to defend themselves in case there is a mass shooter and their idea is you have to have a massive crowding and charging towards the assailant so these people are going to die up front Yeah. yeah yeah they're they're telling people to be heroes they're saying your best chance of survival is having everyone attack him at once because by then, at least, he might, he might get a couple of shots off, but you're going to overpower him when there's like five or ten people. It's I've like, got a better idea. Get the fuck out of there. No, i got a better idea than that. Arm fucking people. Yeah, but there's a lot of stupid people. There are a lot of stupid people, but I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather there be a chance. For sure. I'm the same way. I mean, I have my concealed. Like, there's a yeah, reason. I, I, exactly. And and there's a if you I, I to me if you if you're where where are the shootings mostly schools churches anywhere um, where you have like a high casualty rate or like the concert high, that concert in in, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Well, look at the concert in France. Uh, for, uh, 
Con- oh, the 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 uh, heavy metal the heavy concert. Metal concert. Yeah, yeah uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, yeah. So even Orlando at the the nightclub. I think right. It's like so a year to me, if you now. work in one of these venues and you have a concealed carry, you should be allowed. If you're working, like there's rules with concealed carry. You can't have uh, if there's a bar, you can't have your gun in a bar. You can't have a concealed weapon in an establishment where a majority of the income is made from liquor sales. Right. But if you work there, there should be a rule. There should be something that says you can carry. Um, there's, I think there's certain licenses teachers, that allow you. I think teachers should be, if they have a concealed no, carry. absolutely not. Yeah, see. Absolutely not. Right. I, I would rather hire veterans to patrol the school to be the, that, the that's fine the too school, but i would not that. trust like i would not trust a fucking teacher think how many stupid fucking teachers you had in high school yeah but and, i had a lot of smart would, teachers there was a lot like i had ex-marine teachers so did i but so like it's like i would one out of one out of the the 50 that i don't know i don't mean school. i'm not talking arm them all i'm not telling them i'm not saying all of you go get your concealed weapon but i'm saying if you have a concealed weapon and you know, and you're uh, con- like, this is something you want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if this is something that you do, like, Give if, you the go option. Sh- if you go shooting on the weekends and that's yeah. part of your hobbies that you yeah, do, yeah. then yes, arm that person. I I think you should arm the teachers that are that are, that want to be armed. And then I do also agree, hire some vets to patrol the school. It's a little weird, and it's like it's a it's very reminiscent of like a like a gulag or a prison mm-hmm. camp or something like that, but. What it, I would rather, there's a, there's a picture uh-huh. from the seventies. Somebody said they were going to come shoot up a school, and one of the students went out to his car and got his rifle, and him and a teacher were sitting in front of the school, both with their rifles. Mm-hmm. Nobody came to shoot that day. Yeah. Why? Because another gun is a deterrent. Yeah, yeah, but you got to remember, it's having someone. Let's say five teachers. Have a gun on them, right? You are now giving access to kids, like giving kids access to a gun. Because, look, and I tell you from my experience, I can't even think how many times kids started going through the teacher's desk when they weren't there. No, they they don't put it in their desk. They carry it on them. So now I have a teacher that has a gun. Now we're in a bad like school, right? We're in a school in like a bad neighborhood kind of district. All right, five students charge the teacher, take over, take his gun. The, How the, many videos have you seen of teachers getting into a fight with a student? The, the, the I've seen it, but that doesn't mean that if that if they can't control their students, they they don't have but the confidence to hold a gun. No, but you can't control the randomness of human like beings. You, you can't. You can control a room. If no. you know how to Sean, we're thing, sitting like two, three feet away from each other. There's nothing that you could do that if I decided to randomly right now to punch you flat out in the face, you're not gonna dodge that. So if there's five people that all of a sudden say like, All right, on the count of three, we just charge them when the, you got your back towards the whole class, you're writing on the wall and all they're of a sudden They're not like, gonna do you know that's not you, gonna happen. You don't know what what what's gonna happen, what does happen is one on one confrontations with teachers and students. For sure. You don't see groups of students jumping teachers and taking their weapons. That's not what's gonna happen. I've seen tons of videos of kids jumping teachers. No. No. You see, you see teachers trying to break up fights, and the, the kids are jumping on on stuff. But you, you're, that's not that scenario you're talking about. 
would happen one in probably 10 billion. Right. But, but what I'm talking about, th- th- here's the thing, is, is a teacher carrying a gun, people are going to know he's carrying a gun. There is a school in Texas where they've been doing that for like the longest time. And I got to show you the video. It's the principal and like the, the APs and stuff like that. They're all carrying. All of them have no fucking clue what they were doing. If you watch the video... I saw one guy had a gun on his ankle. I'm sure. He probably wants to be a hero or something. But, like, the principal just takes her gun out, puts it on the desk, points it straight at the fucking camera guy. Like, while it's on the desk. She's like, yeah, I got mine. I'm like, oh, why? first of all, it's on the fuck. It's in the fucking desk. So if something's happening, you're not going to get to it in time. And then the APs are all sitting there like, yeah, I got mine. Same thing. They point it forward towards like the camera guy and the interviewer while they're fucking pulling it back it's like okay well are we all fucking stupid here like well, clearly. well again but that's that's again you should pass you should pass basic gun safety for if sure you, if I, you're gonna carry but i'm talking like what i'm talking about is like florida i don't know texas's um protocol to get a concealed carry but in yeah. florida you got to go through class you got to you got to demonstrate you know how to use a gun. You got to demonstrate you know how to carry a gun. Well, look at it this way: Where do you see the highest concentration of criminals outside of a jail? At a courthouse, right? At a courthouse, you're not allowed to bring your gun in. You're not allowed to have it. Right. How is it that like there's never been a shooting in a courthouse? Not often. Because, I mean, there's because been some. They're not allowed because they got to walk through metal detectors to get in. Right. And the. Uh, bailiffs are all armed. Okay, so now let's remove the metal detectors. Do you think how how many years did we go without metal detectors in courthouses? Oh, I'm sure there's and plenty there of guns no in there. Shootings. Right. And look, here's the thing: you it, still have somebody within the walls that is armed, ready to like defend themselves and stuff like that. That's it. That's all that it comes down to. That's, that's you and need that's, to have in it. But that's what I'm saying. It's like okay, well. We're not going to hire bullshit fucking cops like that BSO officer that fucking stayed outside like a little bitch. And now he's getting paid tons of money. He's getting like eight grand a month, nine grand a month in pension, even though he fucking got kids killed. But I wouldn't have, go that far. I, I'm 100% going that far. Fuck that guy. You have all these vets that are coming out. Granted that a lot of them are suffering from PTSD. But now they can go work for a school system that also gives them health benefits. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you hire them? Well, if they from the, if they if they're veterans of war, they don't need health benefits. They're still they're not okay. That's a whole different but, conversation. But, they're not getting any help yeah. from the VA. But here's the I'm all for that too. You're I'm fine with them hiring vets. I'm I'm fine with that. But I here's the thing. We we've spent centuries. With everybody armed. Yeah. When did these shootings start taking center center stage over the last 20, 30 years? I, it's when we huge... started going against guns? When we started going against guns, but then you also... There's a, there's a lot of factors. So there's it. a lot of... There, look, we, but we... And when I was in high school, one of the kids that I went to high school with used to bring his shotgun in the back of his truck. He had the gun rack and everything. Yeah. We did that. Yeah, we never had sh- we never had shootings. It's that's the one of those things. It's once one person starts that trend, you now just made a mold, and now people. But are that's gonna go do it. you can't say that because that you'd have to say that about every crime. Of course, 
It's it's it's. If you started a let's say I went on a crime spree, I did something that no one's ever realized before. I can come into Walgreens dressed as a freaking cop, pretend I'm doing this, that, and the other, and like rob everybody and leave, and it's like I get away with it every time. People are like, oh shit, you can do that? Of well, course they can. Well, let me let, let, let me put, let me put this scenario to you. What would you rather have? If you had a kid in a school in your school, would you rather have your teacher armed or no armed? I would rather educate my kid on what you need that, to do. That no no no. That's not the that's not the scenario. The scenario yeah, well, is if it's my kid, I get the option. Kid, no no no. That, that doesn't matter. Here here's the thing. What I don't I don't. It's not this kid that I'm worried about. What would you rather have? Would you rather have? I'll give you one of three scenarios. Uh-huh. Would you rather have your teacher armed with a gun, mm-hmm. armed with rocks, like the school up in? Uh, I want to say Massachusetts or Connecticut or whatever, and then or no armed, and and there's a live no arm. See, I I disagree. No arm. I do not believe that a teacher is a soldier. I don't care. Like I do not. No, I'm not saying to teach these teachers how to be soldiers. I'm saying if there's a teacher that would you trust yourself as a teacher with a gun? Would you not? Would if you would if they gave if you were a teacher, would you carry? Yeah, and they get right. right, What makes you, you all right? What makes you that? Do you, you trust yourself with driving a car? Yeah. Do you trust half of the people out there? No. Oh, well, there we go. But the, but, the, the, but here's thing. the thing: you have to you have to let go of that control. If you can trust yourself with a gun, why can't you trust a teacher? Not every teacher's because an not idiot. Everybody, well, I wouldn't hear that for not a lot. And I'd say most teachers aren't idiots. I'd say there's a few idiot mm, teachers. I think it depends on the level of teaching. I think it depends on the level of teaching. Like, look, I've. I've seen, and I've done it myself. I've gotten away with murder in classrooms, as far as not. Yeah, but there's a difference between way, being an idiot and not caring. Yeah, but like, look, it gets I to a point where I think with teachers, you're talking about caring. you're talking about teachers that are underpaid, right? Right, they're getting less sleep than the students are because they're the ones staying up late, getting up early, right? They have to deal with a bunch of shitheads. Students and kids going through puberty with probably like shit parents not teaching them respect and all this other stuff. Now you tell them now you got a gun. How many teachers are sitting there now getting busted with like banging the students? Oh, that, that, that's awesome. Oh, where were these? Where were these yeah, hot? Uh, what I want to know is where they were these hot teachers when I was in school. The pedophiles? Yeah, they were there. For not sure the hot. Yeah, they were dudes. I'm talking about the hot female teachers. I know. There's a kind there's, of, there's yeah. some there's some been some of these girls, these female teachers, and they're like early twenties, banging some of these. Like, do you remember that South Park episode? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Where it's like I, they, they would they would nice. be like, nice. Oh yeah, we'll get right. We'll on get that. right on it. No, it's, but that's what I'm saying. It's like okay, these teachers can't even fucking keep their dick in their pants with like these like kids, and now you're gonna you're give them you're, a gun. you're talking. You're talking. You're putting one. I'm. I'm looking at it from an aspect of. It's not fair to the teacher to expect. I'm not saying them. to expect them to. And I'm talking also, to the ones that want to. Well, the ones that want to, I would have them. They would have to go through such a rigorous vetting process. Would you be willing to go through that same vetting process? If I was a teacher in a. And they have a concealed carry. Say, say they're former military and have a concealed carry. I would still make them go through a vetting process. I would think, I would think that's something where you would say, okay, look, we have a teacher that is volunteering the 
his right to carry a firearm and defend the students in case something would happen. We invite the parents to come in, meet him, ask him as many questions as you want to get an, in like an idea of his character, and then you can make the decision. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't allow the teachers, the, the, the parents to make that decision. Why? It's because their kid there. It doesn't matter. Their kids, their kids. What do you mean it doesn't matter? I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. Because there are people who are so against guns uh-huh. that no matter what, they're going to make a stink. I don't disagree with that. But, and, again, and it's, it, it, but that, it's one person out of the 500 Right, parents. but guess who gets listened to the most nowadays? Yeah, well, now you're the putting squeak, all kinds of crazy stipulations. Squeaky wheels. Yeah, well, squeaky wheels get the get the get the get again, the grease. But see, that's what I'm saying. You put it into a vote, a democratic nope. vote within. No, nope. uh, but see, now you're just making. Now you're just automatically looking for reasons not to agree with me with one. No, no, instance. no, no. It's it's not it's not even that. It it has to do with there are way too many people. What is more, see, we're too worried about offending. Yeah. And uh, offending people and their sensibilities. What's more important? Are you going to give me like the, the Spock quote? I don't know. The needs of the many outweigh the yeah. needs of the few? Well, that's a true story. Yeah. It is a true story. It's, it comes down to numbers. It comes down to an equation. Yeah. What is it? What is safer? What is safer for the mass majority of the students? An armed teacher or an unarmed teacher? We don't know. I would say an unarmed teacher. I don't think so. I think I think an armed teacher would be safer, if especially in a in a, in a uh, uh, live shooter uh, scenario. If the, if the teacher has the balls to again protect the students, I've been around the world, and I've I've gone to schools in two different countries. There's a lot of fucking stupid teachers out there. Well, right. I I'm sure there are. But there's a lot of smart teachers out there, and there's a lot For of sure. teachers that care. But again, that care about their book students. Book smart is not street smart. There's plenty. Yeah. I plan on being a teacher. If they you're gave you're a fucking idiot, see right if there. If I if I if they gave me the option as a teacher to carry, I have my concealed carry. I would carry. See? They said you can carry. You just proved my point. Yeah, I'd be awesome. You're an there. idiot too. But I would I would do my best. To protect those students. Well, your best wasn't good. Because enough. do you know what's not gonna? You know what's not gonna help. <laughs> yes, I got one in. Do you know what's gonna help? Not help me against a live shooter. Me. Jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Um. Yeah, the whole thing is fucking stupid. It's. I. Uh, I think that there's. That solution is something that goes way deeper on whether or not someone's carrying it to school or not. It's a much deeper. Next podcast, issue. we're gonna talk about something I've had an idea for. And see if it's. We'll talk Selling about selling your armpit hair to no. to bear sites. We're gonna talk like you know about these specialty schools that Which like ones? that like like you go away to it's school for tennis where like you go to school for half the day, and then the second half of the day is all coaching tennis or a baseball specialty. They, they have these they have these schools like up in Vermont they have um, these schools for skiing. Like, if you want to become, like, an Olympic skier, right. you go to the school and, like, the first half of the day is book work. Right. second half of the day is coaching on skiing. Right. Um, I have an idea that I'm wondering would pop off. For jiu-jitsu? Not just jiu-jitsu. Martial arts? Martial arts. Yeah, the Chinese do that. Yeah, but they do, what do they do? Kung fu? Yeah. No, they'll do them for, like, the wushu teams and stuff like that, but they do it when they're, like... Three years old. And no, I'm talking like I'm stuff. talking like a school that starts. We'll, we'll talk about it on the next podcast because I, I'd like to get into this. I think it would be interesting. 
Uh, I it's tough, man. You. Yeah, I think we'll talk about it on the next one because you're getting into a whole different world of hurt on that one. I think we could call it a night on that, huh? Yeah, well, we'll save our solo talk. Look, man, the movie was a meh. I liked it, but it was a meh. Let's be honest. Let's cut it. I could cut that down to five minutes right now. Best part of the movie. When Han Solo sat next to Chewbacca in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon okay. and looked at each other. Right. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. What do you? What, how's that a spoiler alert? Chewbacca and Han Solo yeah, are you, shown you're, in you're, the yeah, but in the you're, cockpit. You're removing the, the magic of it. How you, am I removing the magic? You, of it? Now people are expecting it. Fuck them. They, they should expect best it. It was in the, okay. it was in the commercial. Outside of that, the best thing in the whole movie. Like I, like that's their meeting. No. Come on. We know. It. Lando. Fuck Lando. The best acting out of the whole fucking Fuck movie. Fuck Lando Calrissian. Lando. Fuck Lando Calrissian. You cannot even sit there and say that Donald Glover. Donald Glover. No, he's not fucking, a fucking amazing, talented he did, human being. Of course, I'm not. I would never discredit Donald Glover. He's awesome. Out of everything in the movie, best actor. Every all the best parts involved him. No, hundred percent. He might have been the best actor, but he wasn't the best part of the movie. Best part of the movie in, involved Han and Chewie. Oh, for sure. So, but say what you want. The only thing that saved it for me in the movie, the acting outside, obviously, like that scene with like Han and Chewie. Their meeting was a fucking awesome. Oh no, it was great. It that was, was that fucking awesome. Was awesome. But and and I, Lando you know what? I, I, I there was a lot I liked about the movie. I liked Han's motivation for why he does what he does. And I like how they got his name. That was interesting. Yeah. I think they could have done a better job, but I'm I'm one of those like when it comes to Let me to tell stuff you something. Like it's, that, it's my second favorite it's my second favorite Star Wars movie to come out, out in the last 20 years. Okay. okay. Well, that's it's fucking you're giving me like ESPN like statistics like, "Oh, it was the youngest player to hit three-pointers after like a fall no, rain and like it's bullshit." It's the best like, Star on. Wars movie to come out in the last 20 years. Second best. To me, the first best was Rogue One. Mm. Then Solo. And then after that, you can do these last two by J.J. Abrams and then the other three prequels. They can all suck it. They killed... I'm so... I Rogue was, One was, was, was a really good movie. I was so... Here's the thing. Star Wars was such a big part of my childhood. Oh, me too. Huge part of my childhood. The reason I didn't, I waited to see Solo Uh, so long was I was so afraid that they were going to butcher. Oh, kill it. Kill it because it was so, it was such a, it was such a fond memory for me that I was so afraid that they were going to do something like, like, like they did to Indiana Jones in the, in the kingdom of the crystal skull. Now you're bringing that up. You know what the difference is? Between what? Like the the difference of the quality of the Star Wars movies compared to the Indiana Jones. Movie. I don't know. Lucas was involved in both, so. Mm-mm. Nope. Once they sold it to Disney, Disney took a hundred percent control of it. George Lucas had zero control over it. Over what? Over Indiana over Jones. Star Wars. Indiana Jones was a hundred percent George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that sucked. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the part that's. Kingdom that's, of the Crystal Skull. I don't even believe like it exists. Like I automatically, my brain, 
don't think exists. It's like now, Highlander 2 also mine, doesn't exist to me. Yeah, that one was just weird. But I'm kind of upset at myself because of this past weekend talking about Indiana Jones. Because you know who was down here? Who? Short round. Oh, really? He was down here at the... Uh, no the time for love, Con. Dr. Jones. He was down here. I wanted to go so bad just to go meet him. Would you, would you, would you have done... Would you have done Indiana Jones cosplay, or would you have done Goonies cosplay? I would have done Indiana Jones. I've been wanting to do an Indiana Jones. Would you do the Would years. you do the Temple of Doom? Yeah, with yeah, the yeah. sleeve, the one sleeve, sleeve cut, cut off, cut, the, 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 ha- the hand wrap, and then like the the scratches and stuff. Like, yeah, I've been look. I've been planning to do it for years. Now, actually, I've been trying to work on making the the Golden Idol too. From oh, the, uh, from uh, the first one, yeah, Raiders. Raiders. Like I've been working on like making like a heavy clay one. I like if you were to ask me what my favorite Indiana Jones movie is, I uh, could not tell you. I could not bits say. Bits and pieces. If you could, do I, I don't count. Four, four doesn't count. No, four doesn't. Four exist. doesn't exist. You. Right. But Raiders of the Lost Ark was just incredible all the way through. Indiana Jones was my first real hero. Yeah. Like that was my first one where I was like, oh my god, I want to be Indiana Jones. Right. Um, Temple, uh, Temple of Doom. Uh-huh. While I didn't like it as much as a kid, uh-huh. as an adult, I see the brilliance of Temple of Doom. Oh, it's fucking great. It's incredible. And there's so many Easter eggs in it, too. Right. Then, uh, uh, Last Crusade, Last Crusade is, is perfect, to me, is perfect from beginning to end. There's nothing wrong with The Last Crusade. You want to make the perfect Indiana Jones movie? Well, they, here's the thing. I just heard that, that... They're making another one. They're making another one. Yeah. Take... Uh, now... Last Crusade featured River Phoenix, and he died. Right. So, like, if you want to make the best Indiana Jones movie, you take the intro from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You take the middle from um, Temple of Doom, like, when they get into, like, the, the cave and, like, the whole ritual and stuff like that, all the way until... The end, Maram, Suranam, yeah, all the way to the end of the Kalima. the cart chase scene, and then you end it with the temple from Last Crusade. That would be the best Indiana Jones movie. And it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense, but if you pieced it like that, hands down, greatest movie of all time. I don't know. I I want I I want them to redeem themselves. But at the same time, I am so scared they're going to rape another childhood hero yeah. yet again. Yeah. Like like they did in Deadpool 2. I haven't watched it yet, so don't tell me. Yeah, don't, don't tell me. So, I still I love haven't it. even fucking watched Avengers. I love Deadpool 2. Yeah. But there is a scene Stop. that Just I 100% disagree with 200,000% yeah. what they did to somebody that they should never have done this to. Okay, well, don't tell me because I'm going to go watch it. i got to watch it this weekend. Um... Yeah, I still have to see Avengers. I still have to watch. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to go watch Jurassic Park after training. I'm just going to go watch it. I still haven't seen it. I like, And I actually watched that movie, the original. Fucking watched that so many fucking times. I had it on VHS. Yeah, so did I. That was like the first... Like, it was movie. great. That movie was incredible. Oh, it was amazing. Who made that? Steven Spielberg. Spielberg made yeah. Jurassic Park. Right? There was like so much put into that. It's pretty crazy. Like, the dinosaurs, the CGI was incredible. Yeah. The animatronics were incredible. Yeah. It's like, for a, what is it, when was it, when did it come out? 
94, 95. No, it's later than that. No. Had to come out in like 97, 98. I bet you it was like 1996. I want to say it was 1996 because 3 came out in like 2000. Yeah, 1993. Jurassic Park came out in 1993. That's crazy. So it's 25 years years old. I'd only been in the United States for two years. That's crazy when you say that. What's even crazier is when you when you say next year, Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails will be a thirty year old rec- album. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's so crazy. Oh man! All right, I think we're gonna call it a night because I gotta get back home finally. It we should call time. this Touch on Jujitsu Radio instead of Jujitsu Radio. Touch my Jujitsu Radio. Touch on Jujitsu Radio. Well, no, we do everything. Like, we look, did. man. Look, let me clear the air on this shit. Right now, I'll talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. If you want to go listen to broken down technique that you're never gonna fucking see because it's an audio podcast, go listen to all the other jujitsu radio like jujitsu podcasts. You can listen to all that shit because they're gonna talk about techniques, and some of them are great. The problem is they're not gonna be consistent, and you're gonna get bored because they're gonna talk about techniques that you're not visually seeing. So there's no fucking point. Yeah, if you if you come here to listen to ju- for jujitsu, we're here for the fucking lifestyle. You're, yeah, if you're here for jujitsu, you're gonna be disappointed. No, because uh, well, you are. If you, you if know, that's if that's all you, because there's those people, the people out that there. I've had on here, like that I've gotten a chance to speak with. I've spoken with JZ Cavalcante, George Santiago, the Burnses, like all these people that are are fucking huge in jujitsu. Al Agour from Want versus Need, and all these other people that I got planned on coming on here. No, man, fuck that. Like, if you want to listen to to real people that have shaped jujitsu, and not the same five or six people that everybody wants to fucking interview and ask the same five or six questions and bullshit stuff, or you want to get the the fucking nobody interviews of like people that you've never heard of that might train at a school in the middle of Timbuktu go fuck yourself like no go listen to them go 100% but if you want to have some fun and you want to talk about the actual lifestyle then like that's what we're here for like that's the way that I yeah, see no, it no, that's, that's what I'm saying yeah. but I'm talking about like the jujitsu nerds those jujitsu nerds that only want to hear all about jujitsu only want to hear about the latest technique only want to hear about breakdowns of who did what? Like they want you to talk about. They yeah. want to hear everything that happened if at Polaris. You, if you by want minute to, by minute breakdown by every match, there are people who are like yeah. that. If you want to hear a worthwhile breakdown of jujitsu and like real jujitsu matches and techniques, you go listen to Ricardo. Go listen to Ricardo Mendiola's like watch his videos. He does a fucking awesome job. A hundred percent. Go listen to him. And I will sit there and forward you to him every single time because he does an amazing job. And then go listen to, to Foster. I haven't talked to Foster in a while, too. Go listen to Foster's podcast. I think he's still doing it. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Notice the guy who you gave a gi to is the one saying that, Foster. Just saying. No, that guy, that guy but, fuck that guy. Do you even wear that gi anymore? I wear that gi very seldomly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a treasure it, trove. It's a treasure of mine. He just falls asleep with it, sniffing it. Thinking about Foster. <laughs> you can't even say no. I think, yeah, maybe. What's no, dude. I, I, you know, I say fuck that guy, but he's one of the nicest dudes I in have, fucking yeah. jujitsu. Yeah. And uh, former world champion. Yeah. Um, Legit good human being. Yeah, for sure. 
he came down here and gave every 100% of his seminar money to to Lewis to to Louis and 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 hope for Lewis. So it's like dude, who who does that? That yeah. guy did. And yeah. gave me a fucking gee. Yeah. That you, you know, didn't deserve. That I didn't deserve or expect. Yeah. That was a weird thing to happen. I was I felt weird cuz I don't feel I deserve anything He like said that. something to me about it like before it happened. So that's why I like started taking like extra photos and stuff. I remember that. And it was cool that it was at, at Hanata Tavares's gym. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much to the sponsors, Chocaloha. Check out Chocaloha.com. Check out JujitsuSoapCo.com and check out GiraffeChoke.com. Go get yourself some awesome stuff. And if you want to support your boy over here, check out my cosmic journey. Check out the blog and. If you want to pick up some of my artwork, I truthfully appreciate the support. It just helps me keep this going because neither of us are getting paid for it. It's 10 o'clock on a Wednesday. We both got work to do, but we're still here because we love what we're doing. So thank you to all the sponsors that make this happen. Uh, I truthfully appreciate you guys and everyone that supports us. Follow me, uh, Sonder Marketing on Instagram. Follow the uh, Jiu-Jitsu Radio uh, Instagram and YouTube channel. I got some stuff rolling up my sleeve that I haven't even told you about, Sean, that I got planned for the YouTube channel. So stick with it. Follow Sean, Gorilla Boy, BJJ, and uh, what are you? are on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Grinder. Grinder. Plenty of uh, fat guys. Plenty of fat guy fish. Fat guy fish. No, I'm, it's basically just Instagram and Twitter. And it's just uh, Gorilla Boy BJJ. I did have Snapchat, but I don't understand it, so I got rid of it. Yes, I'm old. Thanks, Grandpa. But, you know, and I'm not selling anything. I'm just selling the dream, baby. So come support me. You Somehow. Forgot, just you, just like my forgot, shit. You forgot to yell out the woo after that. Um, big thank you to Temple Martial Arts for letting us uh, do the podcast here. Shout out to Brooks and Anna and Lee and... You're already on this podcast, so you don't count. Yeah, but, but it's my gym. So well, uh, let's not go there. I have a sign right there. What's that sign say over over there? It says Sean likes grinder dates. That's what it says on there. That, that's wrong. Sean Sean, Sean sells, loves grinder dates. Sean loves selling armpit hair to fans. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Jujitsu Radio. Peace. Peace out. Here's the deal, I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Just stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down.